Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, lads. Coming up on this podcast is... Christy Moore, could you believe that we Christy Moore in the studio and we covered a lot of things, addiction, recovery, his musical influences, he sang the new song he sang about Cork Live at the Marquee and a few other classics as well and we even got to sing with him to me. Yeah, inspirational man, he's been one of my music idols for a long, long time and I sang Black is the Color, <laughs> which was one of the, the biggest moments of my life really, you know, to be able to sing with Christy Moore, you know, but... You will enjoy this podcast yeah. immensely, most yeah. definitely. Yeah, and um, if you want to support us, you can subscribe to our Patreon, which helps pay the rent and cover the production costs and everything else that goes with it. We never promote it, but we're going to try our best going forward. So if you can spare us the price of a cup of coffee, as other people say, it'd be much appreciated. Yeah. And if you watch this on YouTube, it'd be great if you subscribed to the channel and liked the video. It'll cost you nothing, but it will mean a lot to us. So with that, I hope you enjoy the podcast and we see you all next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tonaris podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined as always by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. Sean is on the production. How are you, Sean? Mick Devine, how are you, boy? Mick is in the audience and we've got Christy Moore in the studio with us. How are you, how are you Christy? Great to be here. Long time coming, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been looking at you for nearly three years now. I feel I know you. How did you come across us in the first place? I can't remember. I just started looking at you and, uh, yeah. and whatever it was, like, um, from day one, I just liked what was going on down here, you know, mm. and some of the... Uh, was, was John Lonergan, was that early? He was, yeah, 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 yeah that was about the second or third. John might have been the first one I saw, because mm. I met him in Portlaoise and in Mountjoy. He was a great governor. Yeah. Nice fellow, indeed. Yeah. And he came down to, like, the early podcast was in Timmy's shed. Yeah. And John came down to us, to Churchfield, in the north side, not a bother to him. He walked through the council estate with his head held high, and you know one of the lads that would have been in Mount Joy years ago said, "You should have asked John, did he know me?" But he was saying the reason John can walk through a house estate in the north is because he treated people well, yeah. and nobody can ever say anything to him. Yeah, do you know? Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that was I'd say back in the that early was days, just, wasn't it? That was that was uh, was it May? He had a mad that accent. Who wasn't he? Last time I started, uh, you know, time. after that I was yeah. kind of I'd I'd say the majority of them since then, you know. Yeah. Because it was during COVID as well, we started up, so we've been a lot of time at home. Oh, yeah. A lot of your gigs might have been cancelled as well. Oh, everything went, you know, everything mm. went for for everybody. Yeah. You know, it was um, it's strange. It's strange now, though. It's, it's kind of thinking back. There's an awful lot of blanks. I, I can't really get my head around what was happening or, mm. 
you know, I don't know how you, uh, you, you feel about that. But you know, uh, yeah, I could definitely agree with it. But I, I was finishing my last year in college at that time, and um, I was stressed out of my mind because I was getting I was getting services in the college to help me with different learning differences that I had. And then I went home in March, and it was very very difficult. But I also remember spending time with my wife and kids that I never ever spent, and I got to know my family. Yeah. For the first really and 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 really in depth level, and I thought it was fantastic. But it was like every single day, if there was ever Groundhog Day, yeah, every single day was the same. Yeah, you know, same time we went for the same walk. Do you know? And, and I think I think it was great for families as well because they spent so much time together because everybody was at home. Yeah, oh, there was a few divorces as well. Came out of it, I'd say. Well, it was an awful. Uh, you know, th th there was positives for some people. I mean, some people suffered terrible, and there was terrible yeah, negatives. Yeah. But there were every now and then like that, you know. There were things about it that we experienced things that we wouldn't have done without it. You know? Did you write your album, Jordan? Your new album, John Covid? Uh, I, I certainly got it together. I, I mean, I, I'm not really as much a writer as I am a singer. I don't write that many songs. Okay. But people so do send people me. People request you to sing their songs. Aren't people they? send me songs all the time, okay. and every now and then a good one comes along. You know. Okay. So it's a it's a great like that that last album. I think there's only two of them on my own. Mm. There's one by Ricky Lynch from yeah. Cork, of course, and yeah. there's probably one by John Spillane. I'm always looking. John Spillane s sends me songs all the time. Does he? And you know, I love listening to John Spillane. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. But will we go back to where you're from originally? I know you're a Kildare man, but where you're from originally? And how many brothers and sisters have you got? I'm from Moorfield, Newbridge, County Kildare. I was born in 1945, the 7th of May, 1945, and the eldest of six. I have three sisters. Eilish and Terry, then two brothers, Andy and Barry, also known as Luca. And I'm the eldest of six. Okay, and what, what way was school for you? I, 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 I enjoyed all... Well, I, I can still remember going to infants. I didn't like that. But after that, it, it, I didn't like it because I remember the nun, she used to punish... She'd punish you by making you sit in with the girls. Oh, that was the punishment. Humiliation. You'd be mortified, you know. <laughs> but then in primary grand, I got into the football and I got into the, the choir and the singing and, and then I was lucky I went to secondary school in the Dominican College in Newbridge and uh, I loved it. I, I loved yeah. secondary school I have to say. A lot of fellas I was in school would hated it mm. but I liked it. I loved all the sport and yeah. everything that was going on and the singing as well. I, I Who's your musical influences from back in those days? My mother was the chief influence. My mummy got us all singing she she loved to sing herself and she was happiest when there was a sing song going on in the house all of us sing my sister Anne yesterday she got her first guitar when she was 67 and six years later she released her third album yesterday what? Barry told her Barry Luca gave her a guitar and she started playing and she's flying it now amazing isn't it so we are for latest album it's called the golden thread so if anyone wants to hear Christie's sister singing, Anne Rin is her name. Anne. Anne Rin, and her new album is called the, the Golden Thread, and it's lovely. It's all about her family. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. She's a good singer, Christie. She's a lovely singer. Yeah, yeah, she's lovely. And uh, you know, it's a good family, hadn't you, grown up as well? Yeah. Well, the, the, as I said, Mammy was was she was a great s songstress. You know, she used to sing in the church. And she used to sing the kind of s s solo soprano at mass, but when she's singing at home, 
with more ballads. Yeah. And but also bits of music hall and she just loved the sing song, you know. Did you all did any of you play instruments back in? We all played the piano did growing you? up. She taught us all how to tinkle on the piano. And you to be able to play the piano. Yeah. I often dreamt. I often dreamt of playing the piano arms, you know, I was thinking of even getting a little keyboard for myself. Well, you should. Yeah. You should, because... I'm always, I, without me even knowing, I'm always tapping with the fingers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, well, get yourself a keyboard and, and get somebody local to give you a few lessons to get you started. Because it's very easy to get going on the piano. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to kind of pick out a few notes, yeah. you know. Bowron is also very easy. I actually have a bowron at home inside the shed. I made it actually in the, the Midlands as Did well. You? Yeah, great bowl on, and um, oh. we're looking at it. I don't know how to play it. Yeah, but it's a great, uh, it's a great little bit of furniture in the house. It's beautiful. Okay. I put my family crest in it now as well. And uh, what is it about the bowl on when you when you play it that it gives you hairs in the back of your neck? It's kind of the tribal sound yeah. will really get you going, don't it? Yeah, there's something ancient in the, yeah. in the sound of the bowl on. Yeah, there really is. You know, it's it's um. I love the old Boron. I, I love working the Boron. And, and uh, with Donald Lunny, you asked me what music it influences. Yeah. After my mother, the next great influence in my life was Donald Lunny. Mm. He was a neighbour, a couple of years younger than me, but we lived fairly close together. And when Donald was about 14, he was playing in a band in Newbridge. And then when the Clancy's got going, he knew how to play the Clancy Brothers songs. Mm. And uh, I got a few chords off him. And then eventually, of course, we. We, we formed Planksty together. Yeah. You know, many years later. Yeah, a fabulous group. Do you know when you finished school, did you go working or were you, did, when did the music become your job? Uh, after I left, uh, I did my leaving and then I, I worked in a bank for three years, but all the time I wanted music. But like when I was a young lad, I went to, I used to go to England for the summer when I was 16, 17, and 18. I used to go to England working. Then I worked in the bank for three years, and then there was a big long bank strike in 1966. And it went on, I think, for about five months. And when the strike ended, I didn't come back. I stayed over. And at that stage, I was playing kind of in pubs in London. And then I heard about this folk scene. I heard about these folk clubs. And uh, I started going around the folk clubs and eventually got started. 1966, I got my first folk club gig. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Would you have been bumping into the likes of the Dubliners and that and the circus? Later on, like when when the Dubliners were going first, I would have been in the audience looking at them in awe. Yeah. And I remember the first night they were did a television programme in Salford, the two brewers in Salford. And I'll always remember I was in the queue to go in and hear them. And Luke Kelly saw me and come over and started talking to me. And he brought me into the concert. and ended up staying in his room that night in a hotel, first time I'd ever stayed in a hotel. And I woke up the next morning and he was gone and there was a fiver in my guitar case. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. Fair play. That was Luke though. Yeah, he was a very, he? very generous man. Is he? Yeah. And a great singer and a great, great man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's just a legendary time in Irish, you know, folk song history, oh, isn't yeah. it? At that time and kind of something that you'd, You'd miss today in today's culture, you know, it's like a, a grand era and I, I don't know, do young people pick it up um, as much, you know, with, with the access to social media and MTV and all these things, you know, but, um, you know, like around that time as well, like you're in recovery and you're open about that as well. Yeah. Like, why is there a drinking scene go hand in hand with that for a lot of musicians? Like, 
is it is it the on the the time on the road takes its toll or like w- w- what's the link do you think well i suppose when when the the ballad scenes that it was it used to be called the ballad scene yeah the folk scene in Ireland, the revival the clancy started it dubliners were kind of getting going around the same time it all took place in pubs mm-hmm. ballad lounges every town in ireland had at least one ballad lounge and that's where the gigs were in the ballad lounges mm-hmm. And I suppose the drink was available, and it was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the flakyols. I mean, yeah. the, the old flakyol culture was very different to the flakyols now. Mm. Like the old flakyol culture, they, they were kind of chaotic and and they were mad, but they just had great times. Mm. Do you know, the first time you actually did start drinking, Christy, was it was it something that? It took off kind of rapidly or or was it something that kind of just went into it slowly kind of got turned into an issue for you in time well i kind of started tasting it when i was very young to me yeah. and i can always remember like there was never any, any drinking much in the house remember after one christmas remember baby sham yeah. there was a couple of bottles small bottles of baby sham left and i remember taking them up to the top of the house and drinking them and i liked it <laughs> And then I used to stay with my granny a lot and she had a bottle of sherry and I used to take little drops out of the sherry. Yeah. But I got drinking when I was in my early teens, yeah. 14, 15. And like my father died when I was 11 and I used to love going down the town, meeting the men who talked about him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know. That, that's lovely. This, yeah. You know, I, I can relate to that myself, you know. Um, I used to go into the pubs with all the men from the building side at the age of 15. Oh. And I used to love it, the feeling I used yeah. to get in there. There would be men now in their 30s and 40s, all big concrete men. And, you know, and I'd be sitting in there and they'd, yeah. like, I'd have the, the smile be from ear to ear. And though, even when they talk to you, yeah. you'd feel, wow. Oh. You know, it's a great feeling, isn't yeah. it? To be with the older fellas, you yeah. feel like that. Do you know, there's a bit of respect here and you feel like you fit in as well. Yeah. You know, but you don't understand the culture of drink at that age. You just want to fit in somewhere. You know, it's it's, it's a great feeling in one sense, but on the other side, then it's like you're walking into somewhere where it's it's the drinking is just the normal yeah. kind of culture and this is what they do, you know. Do you know, we were on about like uh, the drinking scene and the ballad scene and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know, I heard Adam Clayton from YouTube being interviewed, I think it was by Tommy Ternan. And Adam was talking about how he's drinking when it got out of hand for him. He was missing gigs and he was getting paralytic and he couldn't go on stage. Did it ever get a, a, a bad few where you were letting people down for gigs or were you, were you always managing it? No, I, I would have a certain amount of shame around certain things that I did of not turning up for gigs and, and just going on the tear and not being able to tear myself away. I could be in Galway on Thursday night and... I'd miss the Friday night gig and I'd miss the Saturday night gig and I'd be a bit ashamed of that. And then also there were times, I think, when I went on stage very drunk, both in Planksty and solo. And sometimes people come up with old recordings of gigs from years ago and when I hear them, Mm. I'd be embarrassed. Because some of them I'd be drunk and some of them I'd be stoned. And it's shameful. Mm. The first gig I was ever at in my life was, uh, I was only a child, Shane McGowan and the Popes, do you remember them back in the day? Oh, yeah. And uh, Shane was sitting in a wheelchair on the stage, uh, drinking. He'd have half the pint would be gone, they'd come out and they'd put another one. The cigarette would only be half. It was like they just filled him. I, I felt yeah. he was being exploited even as a child, yeah. that they were just filling him, give it to him until he get through the gig. And then, yeah. but what at the cost to him then, you know? 
Yeah. But I think that's... Uh, the songs he wrote, though. Amazing. His lyrics. Yeah. Oh, God. The old main drag always yeah. kind of hits a bit hard. Yeah. The brown eyes. Yeah. But I suppose only the alcoholic or the, the addict would understand what that's... what what actually what actually drives you into becoming so kind of caught up in drinking drugs yeah. and missing gigs like I, I would have missed weddings birthday parties yeah. you know um if i was drinking i probably would have missed my own wedding do you know but mm. I, I understand completely what it is to kind of do that yeah. you know and just miss things and and i i could can relate to the shame as well because i often think back or i might see a photograph as well at home my wife my producer like towards the end my wife was just coming out she wasn't even drinking she was just she was the babysitter for the night and right. towards the end of the night then i'd probably go missing and and and, and leave her wherever she was but that's what every alcoholic yeah. or addict they carry that with them in their life is the stuff that they've done and when they're reminded through a picture or a story there's a trigger then back. Everything comes back. It brings yeah. it all back up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And that's part of, I suppose, I, I suppose that's part of, is it karma? I don't know. Do we carry these? But it's, that's what keeps us sober too, Christy. Yeah. You know, them feelings. If you get, get through it. Yes. If you get through it. And it's like, uh, you know, the likes of Jim Morrison and other people that have been through dark places and, and Shane, but they write the most amazing songs then. Yeah. You know, so like there's something they, they can something good comes out of it, mm -hmm. and if you can survive it, like we're lucky to be have come through it now ourselves, and we can pass on the learning and the wisdom to the next yeah. generation as but well. But the one thing I always find with, with, when that those feelings of shame come in, what always kicks in then is gratitude. Yeah, to be out of it. Yeah, and to be still here and to look back on it and just to give thanks mm. that I'm no longer in that dark place. You know? How difficult was was it to get the recovery because i know for me it was probably the, the hardest thing like i grieve for many loved ones in my life yeah and for me to give up drinking drugs like was probably the most difficult thing i had ever ever to do in my life how difficult was it, it to initially give it up the first time or was it on a number of occasions that it did it take a number of treatment centers or occasions or ultimatums from the family or the wife or whatever i tried everything yeah. i tried all kinds of things and i mean a few different rock bottoms but i think my main rock bottom was i had a heart attack and i was in the intensive care and i said to myself if i get out of here bitches i'll never drink again and i got out of there and went at it and that's when i realized i was beaten mm. and the heart attack wouldn't stop me mm. and it was uh somebody very close to me suggested I, I seek help and took me to where I got that help and I haven't lifted a drink or a drug since that's yeah. 34 years ago and you, and you need that awareness it's like you were sitting in the bar and someone said I'm beaten here like I was the same I was on the floor yeah. inside in the cell crying you know I knew I was I was beaten I was just after getting it, myself into the height of it and numerous occasion things before that um like, I could have lost my life a few times before yeah. that. Nothing ever stuck my family. Nothing ever stopped me. But this time, it was just like, it's like all those times together and this occasion as well, they came together and it was like. Mm. I actually find it quite disturbing when yeah. you talk about that. Yeah, it's and when tough. I, I try and imagine yeah. being in a cell. Yeah. Bad enough to be at home in the horrors or to be anywhere, but yeah. being a locked cell in the yeah. horrors. Mm. But I needed to be there that night. Yeah. 
trust me, you know, yeah. because at that stage of my life, it was like, it, there was it, everything, it was just, everything came down crumbling around me, the, the loneliness, all these different things, everything had to happen. And I suppose it was that feeling, Christy, inside in that cell that night was, will never leave me, yeah. you know, and it'll stay with me f forever because yeah. that's what keeps me sober today. Yeah. Yeah. It that, keeps me sober. And we lucky, really, as well. Um, when I, like, I hear your your experience and Timmy's experience and, like, in spite of the heart attack, you still went at it. And towards the end of my using, there was overdoses with very close calls and that didn't stop me. It was yeah. only when... The guard showed me a bit of kindness and made me aware that this is the worst they've ever seen me. That I, I, I thought to myself, if the guards here are showing me kindness, I must be fucked altogether. And that was that that was kind of my, I suppose it wasn't my rock bottom because I wasn't the rock bottom, but it was my turning point really where I just something clicked to me. Did you ever get a chance to share with the guard after? That no, card? but I'd love to if you ever listened. Yeah, he might listen to this now because you're on. It might, yeah. you know, but I'd love to. But why, like, are we lucky that the part, the right part, the, the right person said the, the right thing to us at the right time? And have you any opinions or insights as to why we got it and why some people don't? I, I suppose for me, I was just very, very fortunate in that there's somebody very close to me who knew about recovery, who was in recovery, and yeah. saw in me what I couldn't see in myself. And even when he gently said it to me a few times, I got angry at him. And we're all told him to fuck off. What would you know about drinking? Yeah. You know, so that was my first response. But afterwards, when I was in trouble, I remembered and I reached out to him. And th thankfully, so everybody's different. Yeah. You know, I think everybody has, has a different thing, James. Yeah. A different way into recovery. Mm. And yeah. it shows as well, like, uh, even with your experience, my like, people can be at their lowest lows, but they can always turn it around. Yeah. I know if they, you know if they just get the bit of help at the right time, there's hope for everybody. Yeah. And we've seen some hope yeah. this case, yeah. including ourselves. Yeah. That have come on. You know, T Timmy's brother. He always mentions his brother oh, Tommy. Yeah. Tommy's on the podcast with us next week, but yeah, Tommy was fucking. Him. Tommy, Tommy, like Tommy was like he just fucking straight out. He, my heart was broken. You know, but yeah. with this guy, like I was a few years in recovery. We were in prison together for years. You know, and I had to kind of. And, and and for some reason I couldn't see him getting it and we were trying everything then he was homeless and stuff and he would have been um like his using was really really bad it right. was at the stage like that we thought I was just waiting for a knock on my door yeah. I got a phone call and um you'd be praying constantly and we managed to get him into treatment oh great well, we managed to get him into treatment he went in his detox and he'll tell his own story when he comes yeah. home. But after me seeing this young fella getting it, anybody can get this yeah. right. They just need to, they need to go through pain first, yeah. Christy. Oh, they yeah. need to go through pain and hit a place where it's so lonely that they feel the pain so badly and just something happens in here. They get this glimpse of awareness yeah. where some voice inside their head says, I can't do this no more. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. I can't do this no more. Yeah. My wait, I can't. My 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 two kids are at home. My wife's at home. I'm not left into the house. I can go into prison for years. You know, n nobody wants nobody will answer their phone because it might carry on their own drink and drugs. Yeah. And that was it. Walk in the streets then late yeah. at night crying, you know, because you're so lonely and, and you just feel like nobody wants you. And that's and that's that's what you need to feel. Yeah. 
You know, we always talk, people always ask me in messages, their son, their daughter, their husband, their wife, they're struggling with addiction. Yeah. What can they do? Like, in my experience, I, I, I don't know what to say to you. Like, try to get them to a doctor or, or a treatment center. But when that person, problem, when, when that person is ready yeah. for recovery, they'll be ready. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a terrible situation when somebody's asking you, what will I do, what will I do? And mm. you do feel powerless. Yeah. And so was the cop-out, but it's not really a cop-out, it's Al Anon. Yeah. yeah. You know, that is great for some people. And it does help or as well. Alone, you know, or, you know, yeah. I don't know when you were in uh, early recovery, but your uh, the, the music scene and the ballad scene was all involved around drinking and stuff like that. How did you manage yourself in that? I got great help. I got great advice, you know, of things to do. I, I met men who were around a long time. I got great support. Every now and then, some of them would even come to a gig and they might come into the dressing room beforehand and we'd have an old chat and mm. they told me about escape routes and yeah. things to avoid. Would <laughs> they have an exit strategy? Oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah. Exit strategies saved me many of the time. And then I realised after a while, you know, one thing he used to always get me, say you're with a group afterwards and there's a bit of a lock-in and how am I going to get out of here, you know? How, how, what will they think of me if I leave? And then I began to realise they'd be fucking glad to see the back of me. Because <laughs> they'd be over there drinking minerals. <laughs> I wish you'd go away and let's get some... Oh, dry balls. <laughs> I felt the exact same way. But nowadays I don't say nothing to anybody. I just gone. go yeah. for the door and then gone when I feel it's yeah. time to move. I used to say I'm going to the toilet. Yeah. Back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't miss you. <laughs> so they're, they're doing their thing. Yeah. Like we were doing our thing. Exactly. I never even noticed. I didn't even know who was in my company when I was out there drinking <laughs> you know so you make like, sure you would have felt that had a few bottles oh yeah <laughs> you know but that, listen there were good times you know there were good times at the beginning but like every every alcoholic it, it the good times do change yeah and it does go pear-shaped in the end and uh, it takes over yeah you know if you can get recovery at all your potential then can come true in the end and it's amazing what can happen in your life and you know, like we can start the podcast, and you can have the career you've had, and still have, like, just people have so much potential. Yeah. That when you put down a drink, uh, for a period of time, that it, uh, you can blossom. Then you know. Well, I just got a flash there. I'll share it with you. Go on. You know, people talk about life beyond your wildest green dreams. Yeah. And some people think that's a terrible cliche, and yeah, that's yeah. corny. But I realised I was about two years in recovery. I was in Dingle Bay at six o'clock in the morning with my two sons. And Fungi came up with a salmon in his mouth to show it to us. No way. And I'm out in the bay in a, a, a wet, supposed to be a wetsuit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And with two sons, and there were only kids at the time. And I said, This is a life beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. And it, what a magical moment that was. Yeah. That memory wouldn't exist if you were on the drink. Absolutely. But it's the actually be able to appreciate it Something. because you're actually aware there's nothing in control of your head. Like when, when we're drinking, the only thing thoughts we have is drink. Yeah. More drink. Where am I going to get more drink? But when you're in recovery, you can actually see beauty for what it is. You can see the ocean exactly. for what it is, the exactly. trees, yeah. the leaves. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and that's what, like, if anybody's ever asking me, you know, how am I ever going to enjoy myself again if yeah. I go up to drink? <laughs> oh, exactly. You see, it's something you learn, you know, beauty will start coming into your life yeah. that you never, ever, ever knew. Like, Peace I, of mind. And, yeah. I remember when I was drinking and drugging and say, for example, I went to the walk. And I was next to a fellow who wasn't drinking, normal chap or whatever. He turned around and said, Jesus, isn't this beautiful? 
I'd say, yeah, it's grand, it's beautiful, you know, but I wasn't really saying, yeah. I wasn't telling the truth. Yeah. But today, when I see something that's beautiful like yeah. that, I'd say it's, it's absolutely yeah. beautiful because I can appreciate it, you know. You have a first affinity with Cork. You have a first connection with Cork. You have a lot of Cork songs or uh, songs by Cork artists. Like, when was your first Cork memory? Or was the first Cork gig you did? Or? Oh, God. Well, the first, the first gig I did in, in, in Cork was with Planksty in the City Hall in 1972. And a lot of us think that that was the night that Planksty took off. We were playing support to Donovan. And we just took off that night. Yeah. But then I came back, that would have been 72, 1978, I was solo again. And the late Kenny Lee gave me my first solo gig in Cork. And uh, that was the start of it. And then I started connecting with people. There's a great guitar player in Ballyfahan called Nishi Comerford. And I did a bit of playing with Nishi Comerford and Jimmy Crowley. And then I met Declan Sinnott and, you know, John Spillane and... Ricky Lynch and the great songs came my way from Cork, you know. I, I first heard uh, Jimmy McCarthy in 1979 in the meeting place in Dublin. He was in a band called Southpaw. And that's the first time I heard him singing Right On. Mm. And a couple of years later, I asked him, would it be okay for me to sing Right On? And then all his other songs, The Contender, Bright Blue Rose, Missing You. Then John Spillane comes on the scene. And it's John's songs. Mm. I think John is the greatest songwriter of my lifetime. Really? Yeah. Of the songs I've encountered, John has such beauty in it. Mm. song like Gerta Toggart. And, That's a beautiful song. Oh, you sang that at the, it's, the Opera House. It's just a, a gorgeous song. I actually started getting very remorseful listening to that yeah. song because it was bringing it back into his... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Childhood, and he was talking about how it was in the countryside. It sounded lovely, too. Where he beautiful, was. Yeah. yeah. The place is called Gortetogard, and I had the privilege of visiting his Auntie Mary's farm out near Bantry. And he took me around all the places that are mentioned in the song. Mm. And But now when I sing the song, I don't think of Gert Toggart. I think of my own father's home place. Lovely. All the fields and the haggard and the hay shed and the bog. And, you know, so J John is beautiful. 
He is. Uh, yeah. And yeah. um, when did you get the idea to? So you you wrote a, a song about your connection to Cork and why why you like Cork. Or when did the idea for that song come? Myself and Mick were driving down. Like, like we, we, I've played the marquee every year since it started. Mm. I think seventeen years. And we're driving down this year. I said, Jesus, Mick, it'd be great to write an old song about the marquee. And I started writing it on the way down. And I thought I'd do it that night. But I did it at the sound check and it was terrible. <laughs> so you wrote it within the car drive in the I way started, down? I started it. Oh, yeah. And then when I was doing the, the gig in the Opera House for Don and the Cork Life Centre, yeah. I said, Jesus, I'll have to have a go at this song. Yeah. So I, I spent a few weeks at it and... I did it that night, and I haven't done it since. But I've been working on it. Yeah. That was that night was great. Yeah, want to give it? Want to give it a blast now? Yeah, I, look, I, 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 it was through your yeah. podcast that yeah. I, I met Don. You know? Yeah. Actually, yeah. do you want to tell us the story? Sing the song first, yeah. and we we'll tell the, the dance story afterwards. The Port Leash yeah. connection. Saturday night, Pat and Tyge all together in the big marquee. The Cork Examiner says to me, Why do you keep coming back year after year? The answer's plain and simple, Mick. The reason's very clear. It's the reels in Ring of Skiddy and the jigs in Hallbeline. Ricky Lynch in the corner house, he's like a vintage wine. Oh, come on, Christy. Smarten up there. He's like a vintage wine. It's the crack and shark in Ireland and the hake in Union Hall and the turbot cocked upon Cape Clear. You can eat the bones and all on the banks, the banks, the beautiful banks on the banks of the River Lee. Saturday night we're packed and ties all together in the big marquee. Puccini's in the Opera House, Karl Marx in the Conley Hall, Joe Max in the Arcadia, the two Norries are on the ball. You! <laughs> Maggie Barry's on the call, Kid Jimmy Crowley's on the Rantantan, Sound Isabel, Hank Waddell and the Maestro John Spillan. Here's Katrina Toomey, she's coming up the mall to cook the penny dinner to feed the great and small and there goes Don O'Leary on the road to Sunday's well up to the Cork Life Centre for to ring the morning bell on the banks, the banks, the beautiful banks on the banks of the River Lee Saturday night we're packed and tight all together on the big marquee I took a wrong turn at Duncattle upon my soul down the Jack Lynch Tunnel, woke up in the Metropole, and all along McCurtain Street till I came to Patrick's Hill. Big Knowles said, keep coming back, and by God, I surely will. Back to the English market, back to that scene, where a well-known corkfish monger met Her Majesty the Queen. He brought the cockles and the mussels, caviar and lobster tail, the periwinkle drove the poor old queen completely off the rails on the banks, the banks, the beautiful banks and the banks of the river lay. Saturday night we're packed and tight all together in the big marquee. Oh, oh the 
the lonely woods of Upton, the boys of Fair Hill, the piper of Crossbury, I hear him still. I see the blood and bandage when I hear the rebels sing. I'm going to kiss that Blarney stone when the bells of Shandon ring. On the banks, the banks, the beautiful banks, on the banks of the River Lee. Saturday night, we're packed in times all together on the big marquee. <laughs> very good, very good. It's I, nice and catchy as well, isn't it? I faltered there in the middle. I, I drew a blank. Alan, out not about you. I'll land for well. But uh, hello, everybody. Just to remind you all, uh, we are in the Opera House on 8 p.m. Saturday, the 25th of March, with Jimmy Barry Murphy and Shane Casey. Yeah, two very, very important figures in Cork City. Yeah, and Jimmy Barry Murphy, one of the the most inspirational sports stars we had in this city, and. Shane Casey, yeah, one of the characters himself. of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the real offender will meet the young offender, as it were. But if you're interested in getting tickets, you can just go into the description of this video. And there's not that many left either, and we sold out last year. So uh, don't be disappointed when we see you there. Yes. Saturday, 25th of March. Thank you. No, it, it's... um. I was just thinking, like, three or four of the people, apart from the two of you, people mentioned in the song, I encountered mm. Katrina Toomey through the podcast. Yeah. And Don. Actually, the Don story. So you rang me a few months ago. You were writing this song. That's your best song, isn't it, Christy? I know, yeah. <laughs> and what, what, what an honour to be in it as well. Yeah, but you rang you. me a few months ago. You were writing the song and you wanted to verify some details with Don. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that interaction you had with Don way back when? I met Don uh, in, I suppose, it was the 70s or the 80s he, he was in Port Leash. The 80s, I'd say. In that. the 80s. I was in doing a concert. I did five concerts in Port Leash over a period of three Port Leash Prison, now for the people that don't know. Port Leash Prison, that's <laughs> in Las Um And I think one of the best gigs I ever did in my life, Mick was at it as well, was in the Republican wing of uh, Port Leash Prison. And it was an amazing experience, you know, because the prison officers brought me to the, the, the door and handed me over to the, the Republican prisoners. The, the prison officers didn't go in on the wing. And it was just a very emotional and amazing concert. But one thing was very funny about it. There was maybe about 120 uh, men in the room, but there was a little cage over in the corner and there was three prison officers in it came in to hear the gig. But they were in the cage and all the guys were out in the room. Oh. And it, uh, it was fantastic. And uh, I think that that was John Lurigan's time as well. The, the, uh, Don uh, made contact and asked me would I come in and John Lonergan said, we'll let him come in, but he'll have to play for all the other prisoners as well, which was fine with me. And I ended so up, ended up doing the whole lot. four or five gigs to cover uh, the uh, different, uh, you know. Um, and then your next interact, your next time seeing Dan then was on the podcast with ourselves. That's the next time I saw him. Yeah, uh, and then you did the fundraiser for the Life Centre a few months over that. That's so right, yeah. It a great kind of a chain reaction. Wasn't it great? Yeah. yeah. And what a great night that was. That to was hear amazing. the kids coming out and... Paying tribute to Don. I know, it was emotional. Night it was very it. emotional. Yeah. We actually had the the girl who was on the stage giving her testimony about John. Amber. She was on our podcast as well, Amber. Oh, and she's studying uh, psychology in UCC now. She's a Isn't poet. That just uh, fantastic? She has a book of poetry as well. Yeah, yeah she, they were actually fantastic guests as well. Do you know, just to get the the, the perspective of, of the people that were up in the, and the importance of the Cork yeah. Life Centre to those people and it's just one of those places that 
so many men and women who have children in the city that have issues around mainstream. Yeah. They hear of the Cork Life Centre and there's not enough Cork Life Centres anywhere. Well, I heard it said that night there should be one in every town in there Ireland, you know. There should be, in, in the cities, there yeah. should be more, Christy, yeah. because the, the importance of it, like the children that are going there, well, the teenagers that are going to that place, they all, they get noticed for who they are yeah. and what they're about and where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are. We'll work in your strengths and yeah. we can we can say it's okay if you're weak here. Instead of, in mainstream, it can be, it's all one way. And get lost, get you lost know, and ignore And if you're them. having difficulties, we need to start emphasising the importance of children's mental health instead of yeah. their education, you know, because it, it doesn't, the, the one thing doesn't shoot, like the, the one shoe doesn't fit all. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So we need to start looking at that because what we're doing is we're just causing a lot of mental health issues for yeah. children who, who cannot do the mainstream education. You know, um, well, I'm looking forward in the morning. Myself and Mick are going to visit the Cork Life Centre. Well, you know, fabulous! Yeah. And, and say hello to them, you know, because I, I certainly took it an awful lot away from Cork with me. Yeah. That night, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to give us another song? Are you going to do what you went with Timmy? Let's do that. Jesus, <laughs> your pressure's on here, no? No, Timmy. Your pressure's on. And Keep I, the words out as well. We have we have to say this is the first time we we've, we've played together. Absolutely, so. absolutely. This could be the next Foster and Allen on the start. Okay. <laughs> oh, black is the color of my true love's hair. Her lips are like some roses fair. She has the sweetest smile And the gentlest hands And I love the ground Whereon she stands In your own time now, Timmy. I love I love the love Whereon she stands I go to the and I mourn and weep. For satisfied, I never can be. I'm going to Sounds good to me anyway. Yeah, I do my best. We'll do the last verse together. Right, okay. I go to the Clyde and I mourn and weep For satisfied I never can be And then I write her a letter Just a few short lines And I suffer death a thousand times. We'll do the chorus now, and everybody out there, wherever you are tonight, join in. Oh, black, black is the color of my true love's hair. Her lips are like some roses fair. She has the sweetest smile. And the gentlest hands And I love the ground Whereon she stands 
Yes, I love the ground where she stands. Come on to me. All right, Gord. Well done. Well done. Thank you. That's, that's probably one of the biggest things in my life. Like, oh, this, amazing. That was the first song I learned. In the well, you, can buy, you can buy the chips tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so thank, thank you so much. Yeah. You know, You're very I welcome, got a, man. I got a little bit nervous in the, the, the old guest. I, the no. words started jumping at me here I because I wasn't it. understanding them. So That used to happen to me every night. <laughs> <laughs> What's the origin yeah. of that song? It's such a beautiful song. Uh, Hamish Imlock was my mentor in Scotland in the 60s. I met Hamish one night and he took me on the road with him and he used to get his drinks from him and light his cigarettes and change his strings and he got me started. And Hamish used to sing that song every night and he gave, he gave me that song. I think it's an old Scottish song, you know. Yeah, it's beautiful, though, isn't it? It's, it's special. Yeah, yeah. You have a few songs as well around travellers and traveller culture. Yeah. Like, how would you, would you just meet them on the road when you're gigging or would, would they send you songs like other people are? Would that be passed on through kind of third parties? How would you come across those? Well, but, but I think my interest started off when I was when I was a young lad myself. I heard a man called John Riley up in Boyle in County Roscommon, and John was a tinsmith, a travelling man, and he was an incredible singer. And John could neither read nor write, yet he had this amazing store of songs, and that lit, lit the flame for me. And then in London, I met up with Ewan McCall. Who wrote yeah. the Traveling People and Go Move Shift and he, he did a whole, he wrote a whole series of, of songs about the plight of the travel Traveling People, and then I met up with Finbar Fury in Scotland and I met up with Paddy Keane and I met up with Felix Dorn and you know I, I encountered a lot of, a lot of Scottish Traveling People as well, yeah. really good singers Jeannie Robertson and Jimmy McBeath and Davy Robinson all great singers, yeah. so that was. I feel very at one with the with the, the track. There's a great, uh, there's, there's a wonderful singer now called Thomas McCarthy. If you ever get a chance to hear him, yeah. he's the real deal. Really? Yeah. Where's he from? He's from Offaly originally, Bor. He grew up in Bor, but I think he spends most of his time over in England now. But he sings in the old travelling traditional style, and he has serious songs. Yeah, there's a, a fan of, a fan of of the podcast and. Uh, Paddy Quilligan from uh, Limerick, Newcastle West, but he come to our show and uh, listened to environment, you know, but he's daughter and he was on the podcast, so uh, he sent us, he said he just wanted to give him a shout because Great. he's a he's beautiful singer himself. Okay. Yeah, he is, yeah, he sent us his CD. But I think it's good to, uh, in, when you're doing a live gig that you'll mention the traveller culture and you'll acknowledge it because a lot of the time it's speaking about in a negative way. Oh, yeah. And you really highlight, you know, the, the value of the culture, you know, and I think that's the, the beauty of it, you yeah. know, as well. And the way, I mean, John, John Riley, John was only 47 when he died. We all thought he was nearly 70. The man was bet. Yeah. He was bet. But he learned all his songs from in, in, uh, the fireside, hearing his father, mm. who learned them from his father. And he had songs that nobody else, like the travellers carried songs that had disappeared into that tradition. Nobody else kept kept them going, you know, yeah. like the Raggle Taggle Gypsy and the yeah. Well Below the Valley and Lord Baker and What Put the Blood, all these great ballads. You yeah, know. actually, the, you know, the Raggle Taggle Gypsy, when you do that and then you do tour them, the law of Liam and the pipes. And yeah. What's it like being on stage with Liam when he's on the oh, pipes like that? That was one of the greatest highlights of my life was yeah. being on stage with Liam O'Flynn. Yeah. 
you know, it was magical. And w- th- that's when the crowd used to go mad. That was the start of Planksty. Yeah. When we were going to tour them to love, all the crowd would light up. Yeah. You but know? there's something about the pipes. This Again, it's that tribal thing. The hairs, for me, anyway, I feel the hairs stand up at the back of the neck. You feel like it, you just feel more Irish or something. Yeah. You it. Well, it's unique. The instrument is unique to, to Ireland. Yeah. There's different kinds of pipes all around the world but none of them are as developed and as beautiful as the Ireland Pipes. Yeah. Do you know if you could sing with any person, living or dead, who would it be? My father. Really? Yeah. What kind of songs would he sing? He only had a few songs, but just to meet him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he used to sing, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, and he used to sing The Pride of Petrovore. Uh, he he toured three songs, and himself and my mother used to sing the Kerry dances. Where? Oh, the nights of the Kerry <laughs> dances. If I could, that that's who I'd choose. Yeah, yeah. He, did his death have a big impact on you? So young. Well, probably his death did. Yeah. I mean, his death impacted on all six of us. Mm. You know, it was unexpected, Christy. Was it? He didn't have a toenail removed, okay. and he died under the anaesthetic. Jeez. I mean, the two young young brothers, they, they really don't remember him. Yeah. Like Barry was only six months, and he was eighteen months. I think Terry Terry remembers him a bit, but myself, Eilish and Anne have clear memories of him, mm. you know. So he must have been very hard on your mother. Very hard. The on kids her. like that, like raw yeah. babies. Yeah. And she yeah, she got us all through it, you know. But they were back then the women were, were they were different. Yeah. We we know we we all know. We all know what that means, you know, because yeah. even being a woman around my grandmother's you know, when I was a child, like it was like they were made for that time. Yeah. You know, they they went through so much. Yeah. The resilience that those women showed, you know, they never cared about anything else that was going on for them. They just made sure the yeah. family was okay, and they at last, if there was anything else, to eat, you know, yeah, it was just it, they were an amazing, amazing women, you know. That's he, a big thing that what you just said there, yeah. you know, they at last, they at last, know? they always at last. Make sure everybody else was. And yeah. then when everything was done, they might sit down and have a, a bit themselves. Yeah. Because, you know. Tough times. Tough times. Yeah. Yeah. Can I put another request? So I said to you a while ago, this, uh, I wish I was in England, but then you informed me it was the first song you ever wrote. Yeah. And you haven't sung it in about 50 years. So if you don't want to sing that, maybe uh, V's wing. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you mind if I pick the song? Go, Go for it. Okay. Go for it. This is a new song written by... Um, Briny, Briny Brannigan, who sings with a band called A Lazarus Soul. And I heard this song a while ago and I just had to learn it. Smoking lemon sevens through a broken bottleneck. Smoking lemon sevens through a broken bottleneck. Her pills ground down like powder till her trumbles got no louder. Then a little infant mumbering for Ma to come and help. Passed out down a dark and damp romantic alleyway. A stranger whispered in her ears and carried her away. Nodding to the Reven, top deck of the 67. On the bus down to Kildare the love affair began. Here's me head, me arse is coming down the Straffin Road. A bag of cans in hand, a red-haired lover by in tow. The local says she's shady, oh, but she was a lady. With a love so fine and genuine that very few could know. 
Sleeping in a tomb and tent down by the Royal Canal. Drinking in the drinking in the harbour field with all their traveller pals. She'd love a country cottage, but she hadn't got a sausage. Sleeping in a tomb and tent down by the Royal Canal. But love won't stop the winter when you're on the bottom rung. The cider got his liver, and the cold it got his lungs. She pretended not to notice, with her bandages and poultice. But the cider got his liver, and the cold it took his lungs. They treated him like vagrants, and they said the ward was full. And there on the Florida James Connolly Memorial, her prince he slept a thousand years she wept a puddle of tears as she threw his few belongings off the cold bull island pier walking down the north strand with no lover boy in tow back into the city and to the only life she'd know she needed one to kill the pain a love like hers can know no shame Met an old friend down a lonely lane, rekindled the, rekindled the old flame. Smoking lemon sevens through a broken bottleneck. Smoking lemon sevens through a broken bottleneck. Her pills ground down like powder till her trumbles got no louder than a lit. Little infant whimpering for ma to come and help. A little infant whimpering for ma to come and help. Written by Brian Brannigan of A Lazarus Soul. Very good, very good. I wonder, I wonder what became of that woman. Normally, I'm visualising her there now and you know, the experiences she's having. It, it reminded me of a few, few girls I know. Yeah, but do you know what I noticed? You actually embodied the actual story, you know. It, it was like you were you. They were living it. You weren't just singing the song. Well, there's a film flaws in my you know, head. Yeah. You were actually yeah. playing, yeah. singing it how it actually was happening. Yeah. You know, and that was powerful. Yeah. You know, some sometimes today you just hear songs being sang. But that know. man that wrote that song, he's written some other songs that are well worth hearing. You know, he's he's a, I think he's the best. He's a young man, isn't he? He could, he, he, could, he could be in late third, could be 40, yeah, could be getting on young, for 40. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 42, so that's Oh, you're a young, young, young man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look a day over 50. No, Jesus. <laughs> I look younger than James, I was told. Tell you. But yeah, I see, I see, I, I was, um, I was actually looking at that earlier on in YouTube. I see he was a young man, Lemon Sevens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, black goatee, beard. That's him, yeah. 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 Well, see, you've seen you've seen the song before. I, I was looking at it earlier on. You sent the song. Yeah. Songs that James sent it to me, and I was looking. I oh, watched good, it on good, YouTube good. this morning. I'd forgotten. I, I told yeah. you about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like even just to hear you sing it there, no, differently. Yeah. And your own words is like, uh, it's a story. It's it, yeah. someone's story. It means something. It's not one of these. Well, just... you know, when I hear it, it reminds me of some of the old Traveller songs. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of John Riley's song. Yeah. For some, it reminds me of The Well Below the Valley, Yeah, which is also about a, a young woman, you know, and, and uh, songs, the songs, the, the songs carry the history. They do. 
Jonathan to do a uh, ultimate Christy Moore greatest hits. What would be your top five songs you'd put on it? Oh God, James, it'd be very difficult, wouldn't That's it? That's a hard one now, you know. Um, I'll have to come back to you on that one. I'll write to you next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Send me the CD. <laughs> Oh, I know, but there's so many songs. Do you even know how many songs you've performed or you've, you've published? I love the Jack Doyle one, the Contenders as well, this powerful song, oh, Jimmy McCarthy one. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I, I bought... I was only telling Mick. Well, yeah. ago, I bought the Jimmy McCarthy book of songs. Yeah. And I was looking, and there's a little storyline to the song yeah. as well. And That's I was listening... Oh, stuff, fuck, you know? it's a powerful song. Like, it's, it gives, it's like the song you just sang there, his story is in yeah. the song, and you're there from the, f- the start to the end. Brings you right in. Brings you straight through the whole story. And then I started doing a bit of research on, on, on Jack Doyle yeah. and, and reading up on his life. Did you ever see him on YouTube singing? What? I did. I, I actually watched a few of the videos yeah. as well, and he was married to one of the most beautiful women in the Bo world Vita. as well, Bo who went on to marry Marilyn Brando in the end. Yeah. And she was stunning, but like... I, Jack I was, died in Cove? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, what I was thinking about was like, this is a man from Cove, County Cork, yeah. over in Hollywood, get, with with one of the most beautiful women in the world, and 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 here we are, and and you know, I got very sad too, Christy, when I started yeah. listening to yeah. his story around the alcoholism oh. and where he ended up in the end, yeah. you know. And, and but I got sad because I could relate to it, of course, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 I got gratitude then, as you said earlier, I got gratitude from it then because of you've escaped from it, yeah, you know. But a lot of people don't escape no, for it, you know, and you know. Can we sing probably that song for the people who don't escape for from it? If 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 you want, or if you don't have to sing it. The contender. I'll, I'll have a go on it. Yeah. Jack Doyle, the contender. Oh, when I was young and I was in my day, I could have stole what woman's heart there was a way. I'd sing and dance into the morning I'd blaze away until the dawning Long before I was the man you see today But there in the mirror on the wall I see the flame Oh, Sorry Jimmy McCarthy I can't remember it, Timmy. That's fine. I'll, I'll get it. I'll, yeah. I'll sing it for you in the marquee. Do, please. But that's a powerful song, yeah. Christy. Isn't it? Yeah, it's it is. It's the story. I'm sorry I couldn't get through it there. That's fine. I that's fine. Up. You're not supposed to remember it. You're on the spot as well, like. The witch? You're, on, you're, you're on, on the spot. spot. Yeah, I haven't, yeah. haven't been doing it for the last few years, yeah. you know. Yeah. And if you don't practice them, yeah. sometimes. Although some of them, yeah. you never forget them. Do you know that song though? The the story to it, it's um, it's just one of those songs that should live on forever. It will, you know, because of the power behind yeah. it. You know, one man's story from being up here at the pinnacle of his life in Hollywood, such demand for acting, heavyweight boxer, yeah, and then ending up in the streets in the park in, in London. Buddy Sugrues yeah. in London, Do you, you know? know, like it just shows yeah. the actual like we 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 know how. How alcoholism can can destroy somebody, oh. and that tells that story yeah. step by step down, you know. And um, yeah. and did you, uh, ever, did you ever see the the YouTube the the man and the barman singing Bright Blue Rose? There's a barman up in somewhere in North Cork, 
and he sings Bright Blue yeah. Rose, standing behind the counter, still pulling drink. No way. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. No way. Have a look at that. Awful note. singer as well. G- beautiful tenor. Yeah. And I, have a look at it yeah. now. That's a, uh, absolutely. And he's still, he's still, he's singing Bright Blue Rose yeah. and he's still serving drink to people. And, doesn't and that's note. a hard enough song to sing. It it's like the Lauren on the guitar yeah. as well. It's the best version of it I ever heard. Really? Yeah. 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 And I often wondered, and, and Jimmy McCarthy was asked as well, what what does it mean, the alchemist stone? Like, what what yeah. what, is, what do these words? And I, um, I, I can't remember his meaning for it, but it was like, it just it just fitted that song. Yeah. And that's all he said. It just fitted that song, you know. And oh, Jimmy flows deep. Jimmy's yeah. waters flow deep. Yeah. yeah. It's like w- when I was um, reading up on the, some of the songs, it was like, where does this man like he's a yeah. creative human being like yeah. these words because they're in depth emotion did you ever hear a song the mad lady and me no i never heard that no, one never listened to that powerful one. And it's about something he witnessed really Where? yeah this woman goes into the river and and they're there and some some fellow was trying to get her back and another fellow says leave her off she'll drive us all crazy oh, that's in the song yeah 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 christy not to close us off have you any words of wisdom or encouragement for anybody that might be struggling and listening and watching this today? Reach out. Uh, seek help. All is not lost. Like, uh, no matter how bad you're feeling today, if you can just reach out and learn that you're not on your own, because we all think we're completely unique in our addictions. We think nobody will ever understand. Mm. And if you sit with people in recovery, you'll realize that these people know what's driving me mad. These people understand. And it's such a great revelation to realize that you're not on your own, that you're not alone, you know. So I wish you the very best, those of you who are struggling. And I hope we'll get to meet you someday. Well said, Christy. Well said. Come here. It's been the honor of our lives to meet you in the studio, to sing with you. And, uh, you know, you've given us great encouragement over the last two or three hours, so thank you for that. Well, keep up the good work, yeah. James and Timmy. It's I love what you do, and I'm delighted that I find... Like, as I said, I felt I knew you, mm. and it's only when I came I realised that we haven't met before. No, no, I've no. seen you so frequently over the last three years, you know? Yeah. So, and, and you know what? I'm going to finish in this, because I think it's important that I do. And James always, I'm going to quote James, right? He was asked once by somebody... What is Christy Moore to Ireland? And James says, "Well, more have a look at Mozart and what he is to Vienna." Yeah. Christy did, Moore is like that to Ireland. From Austria, yeah. so he was explaining like Christy Moore, what you mean to Irish culture, yeah. and it was the equivalent of Mozart to Vienna is what Christy is to Ireland, and that was the best way to put it. And I know you're a modest man; you mightn't accept that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Well, Mozart had a good few more chords than I have. <laughs> <laughs> right, tell you, c- c- e- e- uh, before we do finish, and, and this podcast will probably be shown inside in the prisons as well, Christy. Yeah. There's so many men inside and women in our prisons, right, that are learning your songs at the moment. Oh, Could you just say hi to a few of them? Yeah. Because the, your songs, every music room that I've ever been to in any prison, your songs were always the ones yeah. that have been sang, you know, and fellas playing in the guitar and they're banging them out, you know, and it made them feel good, you know. So, actually, and remember Paddy Higgins? Paddy, yeah. Did a yeah, podcast Paddy. with Paddy, beautiful yeah. singer, wasn't he? Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. How is he doing? 
Vi stod med Alborg Arle Kongs. Okay. Vi stod med Alborg Arle Kongs. Og her er det beautiful sang, det er bort det Yellow Birdy. Eller men de sang, det er bort det Starfter. Og det er bort det Starfter. Og det er bort det Starfter. Ja, det er bort det Starfter. Og vi har så mange mennesker kontakter oss, og vi har så mange mennesker kontakter oss. Og jeg tror, at han er til noe der. Og vi kan sætte det sammen, og vi kan gøre det. Og vi har en karriere ahead of him. Så hej til Paddy og alle hans familie. Hej Paddy. Og keep singing, boy. Look forward to Yeah. Look forward to hearing you again, you know. Yeah. I just uh, one thing happened. I, uh, I was doing Mount Joy once, and again I had to do a good few different gigs to cover the the, the prison. And before I left, I said to the prison officer, "Is there anybody I haven't sung to?" And there was one little lad, and he was in a padded lock-up cell on his own down in the basement. And he, he, I said, "Well, can I go and sing to him?" I said, "We'll have to come in with you because he can be very violent." And I went in. Fuck. He had my songbook. Go ahead. Under his pillow. She died since. God, that was... Fuck, that was amazing, that. I know, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. But, like, even in the depths of it, like, he still hang on to that, you know? Yeah. Do you see how that happened? Like, you... Do you see... Like, what stands out for me is, is it because... Something popped into your head and you asked the question, who didn't I sing that, yeah. you know? And you didn't know that there was this guy was the only... I remember his name, but I won't mention oh. it. Yeah. And, and uh, God, it was it was amazing, you know. I walked into the cell and he said my name and he took the fucking song we got from under his pillow. And that, to me, was powerful. powerful one of the most it? powerful things yeah. ever happened in my life, you know. Do you know what it shows as well? Like the power of music to reach people, even in a little padded cell, yeah. basement of yeah. a prison, that he still had access to some of your songs, you know. Yeah, and he got a bit of comfort from that. And yeah. that's brilliant. But listen, lads, thank you very, very thank much. You. Thank it's, you. It's thank great you. to come down, and and we'll meet again soon. Yeah, not a bad one. Thanks to Mick for bringing him down. Thanks, Mick. Yeah, see you there, the lads. God bless. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.